Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I mean, we just stopped short. Like, our urgency to contest shots was not there. I mean, we've been really good at that all year. And, I, and um, you know, first couple of possessions of the game, we did did a great job. And then as the game went on, we just kept stopping short and stopping short. So, um, you know, the ball movement, you know, uh, we knew it was going to be there. We knew what they were trying to do, but um, you know, we just we didn't run shooters off the line. That was Chris Finch's. Oh, we're getting a little echo there. I don't know if that's, if that's Alan's uh, microphone or not. But uh, this is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment therapy. You name it. That was Chris Finch's assessment of the Wolves' loss to the Hawks the other night. Let's get him in here. He is our friend and the longtime voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Alan Horton, everybody. What's going on, Alan? Yo, Phil, Judd, Declan, how are you guys? Good to see you. You too. Fantastic. Good to see you. So you bet remind me, what was your first year calling Wolves games? Oh seven, oh eight. So okay. So you started like okay, right in the summer after Kevin Garnett got traded. So, all right, that's perfect because well, the summer during you've during seen a lot of dark Timberwolves basketball. My question to you, I know they've lost three straight games and, you know, some of it's injuries and some of it's just like they're not just going to flip the switch and be a 60-win team. There are steps to be taken. But when you watch this team, does it pass the smell test for you in terms of, okay, they're on the way to being relevant in the Western Conference? Does it, does it pass the smell test? It does, and here's why. Because they're defending for the first time and maybe uh, only the second time in franchise history. They've only had one top 10 defense in the entire franchise's history, and that was in 03-04, and we know what happened then, right? You win games when you defend. Um, the Timberwolves have just been a bottom 10 defensive team for too long. Um, they've bought in at the defensive end, and, and you know I think the lights actually turned on a little bit for these guys where they realized, wow, hey, we're actually in these games. We've got a chance to win. That's what defense does for you. Chris Finch has preached it. They played it during the preseason. Um, they've had some, you know, they've had some stretches where the defense hasn't been particularly good. The other night against Atlanta was a good example. Charlotte uh, about six games ago. Um, so they've had some hiccups along the way. It's not smooth sailing by any stretch. But when you defend and you get after it, it gives you a chance to win games. And that's uh, that's the biggest reason to me to be optimistic about where this thing's headed. Uh, where does, among the players that you've seen and, and Towns is certainly a really talented guy, but where does Ant rank as far as, as the unquantifiable it factor uh, as far as, as the price of admission guy, because mm-hmm. they're on nights 
that he, he's on and he's not on every night for sure. But on nights that he's on, it seems like there is a, a factor to his game uh, that is something that we have not seen here a lot. Yeah, it's electric. I mean, he's got that um, – he, he's just got that burst where, you know, when we see him score, it's usually in bunches and it's usually um, just – you know, it's 11 points in the span of 90 seconds. It's a couple of threes, and his shot starts to go. And, you know, a couple of times a game, he is relentlessly attacking the rim. And I, and I think you could argue that you'd like to see him even attack the rim more because he's able to get there so often. Um, but, he, but he's in the top 15 in, in shots at the rim. That's pretty good for a wing player in this league. And he's just scratching the surface. I mean, he just passed 82 career games this year, so that's a full rookie season under a normal uh, normal conditions pre-pandemic. Yeah. So he's at about, what, 95 games, not even 95 games. And so it is a little frustrating to see the consistency not there, but you have to take into account that this kid is still just 20 years of age. He's got all this athleticism. He looks like he could put on a Vikings jersey and play running back, um, uh, uh, you know, for the for the Vikings. He's, he's just got that kind of frame. And once or twice a game, he's looking to absolutely posterize somebody at the rim. I mean, it's just ferocious. The dunk uh, earlier this year against Gabe Vincent, which technically doesn't go down, um, it, it's it's lost in history because it technically didn't happen, right, because it was an offensive charge. So the highlight doesn't exist, which is just tragic. Uh, let's blame Curtis Blair. Can we add him to the list with Ed Malloy and a couple other guys? Uh, I'm, I'm, envisioning, Blair. I'm envisioning Alan Horton with, like, the, like the list of referees on his wall, <laughs> like Steve Buscemi, you know, just – <laughs> yep. That was a right great call, the- though. Your your call was great, and it got screwed. <laughs> How do you, Curtis like, Blair, screwed you? If you're Curtis Blair, all right, you got you know fifteen thousand fans in the arena. There's energy. First of all, it was a bad call. Like you, can, you know, Anthony Edwards Absolutely. was taking flight as the defender, you know, yeah. scoots underneath him. But even if it's borderline, like how do you buzz kill that moment? What are you right. doing exactly. in that situation? I mean, everybody knows. Players know. Ant said afterwards, "Hey, you don't call. You don't make that call." And here's a rookie who knows that. Curtis Blair knows that. You know, there had been some that was leading up to that point. I think there had been some kind of tensions between the officials and both coaching staffs. Really, I don't think it had been a very good officiated game. And I think um, I think that's one reason why Chris Finch didn't challenge that call because the Wolves had a challenge and they probably should have used it right there. But I think Chris Finch probably felt like, you know what, I don't have a chance of winning this thing because of the way things are going with the officials. And, and that sometimes needs to be you know played into your mind. And he thought, well, I'll just save it for an out-of-bounds play later. This looks like a tight game. Wolves went on to win anyway. But would have been nice to have that dunk in, in, in Timberwolves franchise, have, have it actually exist and have it be a legitimate bucket. Yeah. One thing you mentioned, you know, getting to the free throw line. So Ant is very streaky as a shooter. And all of the streakiness, there's a lot of one for nines, but then there's games where he'll go, you know, four for eight from three. It all kind of adds up to he's been basically a league average three-point shooter statistically. Um on on the getting to the rim front, he's only averaging like three and a half free throw attempts per game. And yep. to compare that to some of the other players, and you'll notice the players I'm about to list, sort of the, like the wing players, the players who can who can create their own shots. These are almost all veteran players. I mean, Giannis leads the league with 10 free throw attempts per game, but you can't compare anyone to him. But Jimmy Butler, eight free throw attempts per game. DeMar DeRozan, yep. James Harden, both at seven, eight. Durant, even Harrison Barnes. You know, he's 30 years old now, seven free throw attempts per game. It's almost like as you get a little older, you figure out two or three extra times per game. But I don't know why that process can't start earlier because, he, like you said, he can get to the rim whenever he wants. Trade out some of those long twos or just like the, the ninth three that you were going to take 
and uh, get to the rim two or three extra. I think that's the next level to his offensive game, Allen. No doubt. And I think they've been working with him on trying to, once he does get to the rim, finish through the contact rather than use his tremendous athleticism to try to avoid maybe his shot getting blocked. Go up through that arm. Go up through that hand. Um, you know, don't exaggerate the contact, but but accentuate it. Because if you start to fade away or you maybe try to make a reverse layup, or maybe you should have gone strong on the strong side of the rim, um, you know, it's easier for the officials to let that call go. Um, and I and I think Ant's free throw attempts will come along. Unfortunately, that that seems to be just a a process for young players in this league. Really good ones. They have to earn the whistle. It shouldn't be like that. You're absolutely right. Um, but it unfortunately kind of is that way. Um, it is interesting to see free throw attempts down across the league. All the all the creative ways that the James Hardens and the Trey Youngs and Luka Doncic used to get you in trouble on the perimeter by pump faking, leaning in, all these unnatural movements. The league's done a great job taking that stuff away. So even some of the guys you listed that, that are high free throw attempts, guys, those are those are fouls that are coming inside, usually in the paint. Giannis is around the paint. A lot of those guys are in the paint. Harden's free throw attempts um, down significantly, two or three a game, uh, four a game sometimes for him. Um, so it is nice to see some of those fouls not be called. And the other thing with, with Ant is that, yeah, that three-point stroke, you'd love to see it become a little more consistent. I think he has fallen in love with the pull-up three. Oftentimes those come in tri- – in, uh, in possessions where there's no passing, he just comes down, sets up his guy. I mean, you can get that shot at any point in the shot clock. It'd be nice to see that ball move, have it come back around. All right, and if there's six, five, six, five, six seconds left in the shot clock, that shot becomes okay. But move that basketball, get everybody involved. Um, and, and with that three-point stroke, you'd love to see a little, little more catch and shoot rather than pull-ups. And right now it's more pull-ups than catch and shoot. Let, that, let just the catch and the shot be the thing, not all the other – uh, mechanics that go involved when you're pulling up on a three. That's, there's a lot going on there, and he's really good at it at times, but not consistent yet. So in, in your time here, you, you have seen numerous veteran guys brought in to try and lead the team, you know, and, and some have, have been good. Taj, I, I thought, was a was a stabilizing force. Mm-hmm. Uh, Butler was brought in for that, sort of, but the problem was he was selfish and it didn't work at all. Uh, where does Pat Bev rank? Because when I yeah. am at games now and I watch the bench, um, I love h- how he is wired. But I'm curious, among these guys that you have seen, yeah. where does he rank as far as overall impact on teams? Not since KG. And uh, I wasn't here the first time KG was here, but the second time he came back, um, even though he couldn't, uh, he only played a couple of dozen games over those two seasons when he came back. But he had the kind of presence on the bench, even when he wasn't in uniform. Um, and he had the presence in practice to be able to stop practice, act like one of the coaches. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not how we do things. You you need to be positioned here. Pat Beverly does the exact same things. He stops practices just as much as the coaches do. Um, he's that much of a, of a vocal leader. And he is in lockstep with Chris Finch. I mean, he talked a couple of days after media day that, um, you know, this was the place he wanted to go. If if he if if it wasn't going to work out with the Clippers, he had a list of about three teams, and the Timberwolves were one mainly because of Chris Finch. Um, so he's come in, he's embraced that role, and when he when he talks, the team listens. Um, he's got credibility. He's gotten to places this team wants to go. So he comes in with some credibility, maybe not with a ring on his finger, but he was just in the Western Conference Finals last year. Everything he's accomplished on the defensive end. Um, you know, when he speaks up, uh, you know, it's like E.F. Hutton. When he speaks, people listen. Yeah, he, it's great, man. Like, 
He's he's AJ Pruszynski basically. Like if he's not on your team, you're watching him shove Chris Paul in the back at the end of a playoff series. Like who's this clown, right? But then when then when the Wolves acquire him, you're like, yes, this is great. He's going to be a great presence, and he's going to add that grit factor yeah. and and yeah. that veteran presence. I I will say, Alan, too. So I I've been hard on D'Angelo Russell for even before he came to the Timberwolves. I'm not in love with some of the three for fifteen chuck it shooting performances, but it feels like, and you tell us. It feels like he has been as good defensively as he's been in his career. He's been as good as just sort of an orchestrator of the offense on the court. And even in just a leadership role, buying into Chris Finch and and putting an arm around Anthony Edwards, it, it feels like there's a different version of D'Lo, even though his shot hasn't been falling. And like I said, three for 18s, like I can do without those performances. But is there a difference in this year's version of D'Lo? Yes. Yes, there is. There's a buy-in factor and all the things you're mentioning um, kind of show up. Even when he has those three for 19 or one for 12 from beyond the arc, um, his his plus-minus numbers are solid. His off-on-off ratings are really good, which tells you that backs up what you're saying. Like, he is playing better defense. Will he ever be all defensive? No. Um, you know, does he still get, when he gets switched on to a big down low, is he really helpless defending the rim? Yes. Um, and teams try to take advantage of that. But um, all the things you mentioned are absolutely correct. I think he's got um, – it starts with your relationship with your head coach, um, and, and he has got buy-in from his head coach and vice versa. Those guys are on the same page. D'Angelo is a really smart guy. I've, I've been able to talk to him and interview him a number of times, and, you know, he's just really thoughtful. He, he's almost – sometimes I think maybe almost too smart, like for his for his own good. Sometimes you start overthinking things, and he's another guy that kind of – not kind of quite as vocal as Pat Beverly, but he thinks the game too. I mean, he he has a really good sense of um, of what to do and when, and, and you need that from a point guard, right? Because you have to look for times to score and times to facilitate, times to get guys going. And I think we've seen certainly the other night without him how 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 much the Wolves' offense struggled without him. And um, oftentimes his his offense is more of the one on one variety. But again, you saw the effects of not having him the other night. I think he's had a really strong to season a start to the season. Um, and he's one of the biggest reasons why the Wolves are, are relevant and, and right in this playoff race. He strikes me as a guy who also probably asks why a lot. And and I think that, that there are probably coaches that bristle. Finch, the thing I like about Finch is, um, and, and I think it's good in this case, there's no real flash there. There's no attempt to have flair there. He he knows he knows what what he, he knows. He's comfortable in his own skin, and it doesn't ever look like he's trying to, like, make a statement. Um, and I'm guessing that smart players buy in because if they ask why, instead yeah. of being told to shut up and sit down, they are probably told, here's why. Here's why, and they accept the reason. They now understand why he's right. asking them to do those things. Um, I think Chris Finch has a great blend. Um, I was thinking about during my time of, of all the coaches the Timberwolves have had, whether it's, you know, Randy Whitman, Kevin McHale, Kurt Rambis, Tom Thibodeau, uh, Flip Saunders, Sam Mitchell. Um, he's got a really good blend of a lot of different guys. And I see a lot of Kevin McHale in him. And it's maybe not a surprise because when Chris Finch joined the Rockets from the G League, the Rockets G League affiliate, um, Kevin McHale was their head coach. And they those guys got really close. He's got kind of a he, – he's just got an everyman feel to him. He's a guy you can approach and talk to. If you're a fan out there and you see Chris Finch on the street, he'd be more than happy to say hi and, and talk to you for a minute. Um, he doesn't take things too seriously. Um, he, he, he's he got a great grasp of what he wants to convey to his guys. So he's got great offensive and defensive philosophies. 
but he keeps it simple too. He also understands the player side of it. He understands, you know, you can't overload these guys. None of us have the attention span to handle some of the NBA playbooks that are out there or some of the stuff that coaches have been thinking about all their lives. And they've written 500 pages of plays down. No, no, no player can, none of us can understand or um, grasp everything a coach wants. Um, so he has a really good way of simplifying things and just, and, and, and if that, something's not important, he, he's like, just make your decision and we'll move on. He's just got a very kind of matter of fact way about him. And it's, um, it's a real change because you've had different, you know, um, you've had different coaches have their hands in a lot of different areas. Um, you've had serious guys like Tom Thibodeau. And I, and I think Chris has some seriousness to him. I mean, basketball is basically his life, a lot like Tom Thibodeau, but there's more of an approachability than Tibbs, obviously. Um, so th- there's a lot of different things. I think he's kind of a, a mixture of a lot of different coaches the Wolves have had, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so so I'm with you. I, th- I think I think this is a corner being turned by the franchise. But I will say, I, I told these guys a couple weeks ago, whenever the Wolves lose like two or three games in a row, it, I feel the mm-hmm. same way I feel like when a Vikings kicker lines up for a big kick. It's just like, <laughs> oh, oh God, what's going to happen here? And Towns even alluded to it a few weeks ago. He's like, you know, at any given time, if you're not careful, two losses can turn into 13 or whatever. And they play a <laughs> bunch of playoff, you know, the Jazz, you know, they're, they're, they're playing a bunch of playoff teams this month. Cleveland so. is good. Denver's coming up. It's a brutal yep. schedule. I mean, almost every night you're playing a team that, that um, you know, these games matter. And, and, and they've kind of flipped it and saying, yeah, we're playing good teams, but we also feel like we're a good team. Like they have to deal with us. Like this team can go into Philadelphia and win that game. Um, you know, last year they swept three games from the Utah Jazz. Jazz only lost like 20 games all year. Three of them were to the Wolves um, who finished, you know, 28th in the league in defense and, um, you know, obviously struggled to win games, but they think there's a, there's a confidence level to them this year that I think it was not there in years past. But the, you're absolutely right. There are feelings, especially I don't know what it is. Monday nights, um, you know, Timberwolves don't try to get Monday night home games because it's an awful. It's the worst night attendance wise of, of of the week. So they try not to get Monday home games. But there's something about a Monday feel where you know the loss to Orlando was on a Monday. The other night against Atlanta was kind of dead. They just couldn't get going. Um, that was on a Monday night. Even the win against Indiana was a Monday night, but it was just kind of a, you know, and, and you do feel you get that feeling of, oh, man, here we go again. It's just kind of one of those lackluster performances where you play down to the caliber of your opponent or match the level of your opponent, and they end, they end up winning down the stretch. So there there definitely is that feeling, and the only way to get past that is is through time and through showing that you're not that team anymore. But the problem is the track record is so long that it's going to take some time so you don't get that feeling when the kicker lines up for the kick. Hey, I I, I have one more uh, just sort of roster question here. I I love the small doses we've seen from Balmaro so far. Mm. I mean, it's it's amazing. He can be out there sometimes, and he's played limited minutes, but he can be out there for 12 or 15 minutes, take one shot, maybe not even like impact the box score, but but he's active, and you see him. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, from what you see, and from the, just the people you talk to in the organization, what 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 kind of a player do they think and hope he can be in like two or three years? Is there like an NBA, a current player comp that gets kicked around? I have not heard a comp to him, but I, you love his size and his length. And it, I think it was a rough debut his first start against Trey Young in the Hawks. Um, Trey has become just an incredible player in this league, and, and really narrowed the conversation between him and Luka Doncic. Remember those two got traded for each other on draft day a few years ago. Um, I think Trey is fantastic. So, so Leo took his lumps a little bit against Trey Young, but so he's been in the rotation now for five games, one of those a start. Um, And his development has come along, I think, really well. You know, they got him acclimated in training camp. 
Um, he got some playing time in preseason. Then he plays four games with the Iowa Wolves. Then he's, you know, playing some garbage time minutes when, when available, um, when those games present themselves. And then he jumps in the rotation of Philadelphia. That to me was a, that's a big time environment. That place was packed. It was loud. That's a hostile environment. That's a key game. It was an intense game and he pops right in there and he looked the part. He fit out there on the floor. You didn't notice that. Well, that's a rookie out there. He looks. You know, he looks disheveled. He looks um, overwhelmed by the moment. There was none of that. I mean, he's he's played big games before. He's been in the EuroLeague Final Four. And for fans, you know, we may not follow the EuroLeague, but that's that's big-time basketball in Europe. That's as good as it gets. Um, and then you make the jump to the NBA. So I think his path, his progression has been really good. And despite taking some lumps uh, the other night, I think he's going to be really good. I, I, he's going to really help on that defensive end, too. And the Wolves have, you know, back to defense where we all started this thing. They've got defenders now. Now, while Pat Beverly might be on the tail end of his career, I think Ant's going to be a really good defender. I think you still got, you know, while Josh Okogie has li- has his limitations offensively, you-, you love having him on the floor for his defense. Um, you've got Jaden McDaniels. You've got Jared Vanderbilt, who's now matching up against uh, some of the key guys uh, that you're facing each and every night. And you throw Balmaro in there, too. Um, you've really got a, a host of-, of-, of defenders that you can throw at teams, and that's crucial when you get towards postseason, you start to get some of these matchups and you're playing a team in a seven-game series. Um, you need those kind of guys. I think his offense will come. I don't think he'll ever be a real you know, 20-point-a-game score. I don't see that. I think he's more of a facilitator, and that might be perfect if you want to slide D'Lo off the ball and you want to get the ball to Cat and you want to feed Ant. You've got enough scoring out there. You just need someone solid at the, at the playmaking position. Um to be able to facilitate that. And I think Leo can do that. He's got good size. I think he'll rebound well. I think the assist numbers will be good. I'm kind of excited to see where where he ends up at the end of even this rookie season. Like how much better is he when we come around to March and April than, than what we see now? Yeah. On Cat. Yeah. Is Cat too thin? Cat came back thin and, and it, it, it feels like his game, you know, from the outside is great. Um, but I mean, he, he lost, it looked like, quite a bit of weight and and it feels like inside that it's harder for him to operate a little bit more than it was is is he slightly too thin I, I don't know if the weight, I don't know I haven't thought about that weight issue I you know I think this game has turned so much into a uh, quicker is better um, type of thing where normally losing some weight and your seven foot is going to be a good thing because you've got added quickness or um, theoretically I mean you'd be a little bit quicker um, you know, Cat's incredible. The, the tailbone thing was clearly bothering him the other night. He still, still scored 31 points, 16 rebounds, yeah. six assists. I mean, it just it's 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 amazing uh, the kind of ability he has to put up those kind of numbers when you're not clearly not 100. Um, percent He wasn't sort of exuding the same kind of emotion that we've seen from Cat. Um, but when you have your max player, you expect max things, and you know it's tough. It's really tough. He's got you know seven years in. I was hoping that his on-court demeanor would be a little more composed at this point in his career where, you know, you've got to adjust to the way the officials are calling the game. He leads the league in offensive fouls. The Timberwolves are number one in that department as a team, and he's a big part of that. And and, and some of the turnovers he has, turnovers, he's in the top 10 in turnovers. And part of that is the offensive fouls because that counts as a turnover. But some of his passes, um, you know, he gets a little too nonchalant, maybe playing for the highlight a little bit too much. And some of those turnovers, it just feels like all of them are run right back down the Wolves' throats. Um, in transition the other way and just his on the court to me I, I, I always talk about playing within yourself when he's when he's calm and just fundamentally goes about um, his business kind of like the other night when he wasn't quite feeling well so he was 
I thought played really within himself really well. And some of those post moves you're talking about, I think he gets into trouble when he probably panic is not the right word, but he, he, he gets too frenetic trying to trying to create something. And that doesn't go well for him or for the team when it happens. Um, things usually slide the other direction. So they've tried to get him the ball. And, and when he does get it, go quicker. Just go quicker. Trust your moves. You're seven feet. You know, go to your jump hook. Do all the different ranges that you have offensively. And and uh, and you're going to have success. You're seven foot. You're uber talented. Um, just trust your ability. Play within yourself. I think he and the Wolves get into trouble when he tries to do too much. He ends up on the floor. Um, one of those times, he's, I just worry that he's going to hurt his wrist again in one of these falls. Um, so, you know, again, that's nitpicking on a player that's been tremendous offensively, better defensively. I think they put him in better positions to succeed defensively. But again, that's kind of nitpicking. But for a max player, you're expecting max things. And, and those are the little things, I think, that if he could try to get those things improved, I think that's going to result in wins. Those are kind of winning plays that you need to make. Because uh, we've seen the scoring, we've seen the rebounding, we've seen the assists, we've seen those big numbers in the past. It hasn't led to winning. It's the little things that that he's got to sort of hone in on. And I know the coaching staff is kind of working with him and trying to kind of correct those things because those are big-time plays. Turnovers are, are just crucial sometimes. I feel like he's gone through, and this is not to – because I agree with everything you just said, and this is not to let him off the hook for some of the, you know, just more like when he when he shows too much emotion and he gets thrown off his game, like – He's been through a lot of basketball and life trauma in in six mm-hmm. years, and I and I wonder, you know, life's going to happen. But I wonder if if you were to take this cat and put him with a more stable situation where you know the president of basketball operations doesn't pass away tragically, and then like the Jimmy Butler, Tom Thibodeau thing that wasn't a mix with him, like what would he be like development wise six or seven years yeah. later? Because I watch him and I think, God, he's. He's so easily affected by external things, right? A bad call or, you know, he's getting bullied by a Montrez Harrell or something. And it's like, he's very easy. You could see in a playoff series how easy it might be in game four, game five to just get him off of, off of his game, you know, get him a technical foul or something. It's like, I, I want him to be more meditative and stoic on the court, I guess. That's yep. what I'd love to yep. see. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. And 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 picking up, you know, not getting frustrated by officials not calling fouls. And I just, you know, you I know it's easier said than done. We're we're saying this from the cheap seats, you know. We, you could say, "Hey, don't react to that. Just get back down the floor and focus on, on the next play, right? Move on, next play." It's like a football mentality. It works in any sport. Move on to the next play. Um, but the complaining about calls is just you know, that's that's frustrating to me because that tells me that you're you're taking yourself out of the game. You're letting that official, you know, get into your head a little bit and affecting the way you're now performing on the floor. And, um, you know, I always think back to, you know, KG had a tremendous intensity, right? But he was able to channel it and focus it in a way. Um, you know, he had have his outbursts, of course, but he did it. He, he was able to control when that was. It yes. was more on his time than on sort of a, an official call or something like that. And I think also of, of a guy like Tim Duncan who just – I, that's a Hall of Famer. He's he's one of the best players ever in this game. But the way I think back of him now, and I appreciate him even more now, because you never knew he was up 10 or down 10. You didn't know if he was having a good day or a bad day. He just, he's the big fundamental, right? He just went about his work every day. And, I you know, you don't want to take the joy out of the game, but you'd love to see more of that, just kind of that focus. Just trust your ability. He's got the same kind of talent. He's got more offensive talent than Tim Duncan does. Um but you'd love to see him kind of channel that emotion a little bit better, I think. Yeah. And again, like I said, we're kind of nitpicking because he does do so many things and there's not another player in the league that can shoot threes like him, 
shoot and score at every level, who can rebound, who can pass, who can do all these different things. So I don't want to focus just on the, the areas where I think he needs to improve, but um, it's, you know, and I, I think to your point, Phil, had he had some stability, not only in front office and coaching, but also on the floor, having a veteran. I, I think when he had KG just for that short period of time, I think that made a difference. Yeah. I think Pat Beverly is making a difference. But you really didn't have anybody in between those guys. The Jimmy Butler thing clearly didn't work. Um, you know, Taj Gibson, I think, was a solid vet next to him that worked. Uh, but Taj wasn't really a vocal leader. Um, I think more Pat Beverly and KG kind of fit that role of being more of a mentor um, for Cat. So you didn't have that stability and veteran leadership on the team around him. You always sort of had, well, it was Cat leading the way and Andrew leading the way. Well, those guys hadn't done anything yet. You really, you have to have roster construction that's got balance in my eyes. You've got to have some veteran guys. You've got to have some young guys, a good mixture um, to help you succeed. Yeah. Well, we kept you way longer than we said, but it was just no, was an good, amazing conversation. Awesome. We appreciate it. Alan Horton, longtime voice, radio voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Thank you, man. Let's definitely do it again here. On the quest, the quest for the ten seed, baby. That's all we can. Just whatever you, the six seed would be bonus. Just the the play in game. That's all. That's the goal. Just get to play the play in basketball. Game. That's what we're looking for in <laughs> April. Um, you know, and I think they're you know flat out. I think they're better than the five teams at the bottom of the Western Conference. That's that should give Wolves fans encouragement. I, they're better than Houston. They're better than New Orleans. OKC. I think San Antonio. Even though they've won some games, um, and then whoever's kind of in eleventh right now. Um, I, I think they're better than those five teams, and if they stay healthy, they they should be they should be right in this mix. And it's fun to have uh, meaningful basketball games where games that matter, and where you know where fans can look at the scoreboard and, and, and look at out of town scores and see where we are and how we're moving up and down the standings. That makes it fun. That yeah. makes it fun. It's something we haven't had in a long time. Well, that's not true. We've been doing that every year on Tankathon.com. It's just we're looking at the yeah, other the end of the standings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the wrong standings. Exactly. Awesome, man. Alan, thank you so much. Great stuff. Appreciate you guys. And we'll uh, we'll talk you. again soon. Mackie and Joe, we're going to pause quick and then get to our Write That Down predictions and accountability session. Uh, yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. That's right. Declan on the drums. <laughs> Mac and Judd. This is where we admit that we were wrong. And sometimes, once in a blue moon, celebrate where we were right. Just sometimes. Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session. We're the only show in America that actually keeps track of our predictions, holds each other accountable, puts our entire reputation on the line as a show. And on Purple Daily, where we do football center predictions. And boys, this week's edition of Write That Down is presented by us, the Score North app, where we are giving away winter classic tickets, Wild Blues, January 1st, Target Field. All you have to do is open the Score North app, go to Listener Rewards, and enter a promo code. We're giving out five different promo codes this week. You just have to enter the code. Today's code is Dumba. Dumba. I was going to go with... Maybe some of the more uh, difficult last names to spell on the team, but the goal isn't to like, you yeah. know, make you spell a Russian last name. It's 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 to you know we want you to be able to win these things. You can enter up to five times this week, once each day. Dumba, if you want to win Winter Classic tickets. So, all right, let's uh, before we get guest listener predictor Justin in. And by the way, if you want to be a guest listener predictor, send us a message through the Score North app. 
There's a feedback tab, and uh, we can get you scheduled out. Three predictions from everybody each week. That's how this works. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs, and the season has three weeks left. It's been a long grind going back to January. Judd had a big batting average lead, and then he lost no, it. And no, then, and then Declan had a pretty big lead. And we'll see what happens this week. Yeah. Let's just see. Okay, let's just move on. And, of course, you guys probably think it's a two-horse race, but I had a pretty good week last week. So, you got an outside chance. No, no, nobody said nobody said it's down to two. This is 2009 Twins, baby. You're, McAdack could go on like kind of 23 and four run and, and get, get back in the division. You never know. I saw you guys planning a parade route, like Bill Belichick saw the Eagles planning a parade route on that oh, yeah. Tom yeah, Brady we documentary. Parade route. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, right through the cafeteria, <laughs> right through, right by the uh, the the automated sandwich machines that are new downstairs here. It's great. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna spend like a hundred dollars on those tomorrow yeah. night during the uh, the Steelers Vikings game. <laughs> All right, let's uh, just give me like nine chuck wagons and I'll be satisfied. All right, let's uh, let's get to the accountability session here. We'll start with Judd. Hey, look at this week. Oh, nice week for Judd here. Oh, so you did say the Wild would beat? I'm sorry, this is supposed to be green. The Wild would beat the Devils on Thursday. They did. I don't know why I had that red. It's green. They did beat the. <laughs> they did beat the Devils. Um, I'm so upset right now. Why? Why did you? I something. Uh, I'm sorry. I think I'm, I just want to check and make All sure right. that I mark this. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hold on. I just want to make sure. You know what? I actually I, I mistakenly marked it as an incorrect prediction. They did wow. beat the Devils. Yeah, Declan, we got cheating. Yeah, no, Phil I'm not, is sorry. trying to catch. No, you I know. I caught myself. Up. No, it's okay. Well, I know, but you we calm down. Yeah, everyone, calm too. down. It's okay. No, We're good. I'm competitive. All right, you did. I think this is a home run. You said like months ago that Tony Oliva will be voted into yeah. the Baseball Hall of Fame and inducted in 2022. That's I mean, a that's run. a that's a home run. That's a dinger, dude. Yeah, I didn't even remember you. Did you remember that you predicted that? No, no, no. Why did you predict did that? I mean, he's been yeah, snubbed for decades. Because I was trying to think of good. Write that down. It's probably it in the slower. You know that June, July yeah. slow month of the yeah. sports calendar year. I'm sure Judd was digging deep. I, I respect it. Yeah, it's a home run prediction. Don't, it's a great don't prediction. ask genius why, because <laughs> genius often doesn't know the why. This is true. It just comes to you. Yes, exactly right. Like a great artist. You also said within the next two years there would be a credible report or story that the Wolves' new ownership group is seeking a new arena. There's been multiple little droppings. I believe A-Rod went on Chad Hartman's show. Mm. Chad Hartman, friend of the show. Friend of the show. On Twitter anyways. Yep. And and he flat out asked like about a new arena. And Alex said, yeah, I mean, the vision is to have a new arena. And Mark Laurie said, yeah, state-of-the-art new arena at the press conference. There's been enough rumblings and stories and interviews now that th- this is correct. Okay. They have not hidden the fact that they want a new arena. Now, have they made an official, like, line in the sand proclamation that if they don't get one, they're moving? No, but that's not what this prediction was. Okay. And that's to come. That's next. So don't worry about that one. In about two years. So nice week for Judd there. Well, nice oh, week for Macadac. Oh, Macadac. Oh, he said the Twins will not sign anyone to a major league contract of $5 million or more by the end of, you know, by the end of the December 1st, you know, uh, collective bargaining agreement deadline. Now, like two hours after I made this prediction, who did they sign again? Dylan Bundy. Okay, former number four overall pick, Dylan Bundy, who's just been a bust. And it's a it's a one-year, $4 million contract with an option for the second year that has a $1 million guaranteed buyout 
but that's a 2023 expense. So it's $5 million guaranteed over two years, which makes the average annual value $2.5 million if you want to get the phrasing. The phrasing is key here. Until uh, they yeah. exercise yeah. the option, which hasn't, been, had, uh, hasn't happened yet. There, so. was, there, there was, in the immediate aftermath mm-hmm. of this, controversy there was. as well yeah. in the Mackey and Judd camp. And that's the camp. <laughs> didn't the come from the Judd. listeners. Judd no, no, no. The listeners were weighing in. I, was weighing, I just was hearing in. and listening the comments. That's all I was doing. That's all I was doing. I am perfectly I fine. This is me getting pulled over. Yep. Listen, we're 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 just checking out all the vehicles that look like yours. Yep. I have nothing to hide. Right. Yeah. It's a correct prediction. And then I think this was the quickest write that was, down prediction to ever come off the correct. board. Last week I said sometime between now and the end of the Olympics, Judd will complain about the NHL being in the Olympics. And literally like forty seconds later, you started bitching about up. NHL players. Now there's collusion. It set me off. Now there's collusion. No, no, I was pushed. That's collusion. I don't know why Joe would want to be boosting me as I rocket up the batting average standings here. I participated on purpose. No, I was pushed. I was pushed by Phil, and I I couldn't help myself. I still can't. Still ticked off about it. Make the same prediction now, Mm. you'll be right. The listeners had one come off the board. It was also correct. Robert said the Vikings will give up 71 points or more throughout the last two minutes of just the first half this year. Didn't they hit 71 against the Lions? Yeah. Well, they gave up, I think, uh, 101 total. Is uh, it? Total, not just first no, half, no. but total. What right, right, right. Total, la- like, the... last two minutes total? Yes. Yeah, I think, it's, the I th- I think the they hit 71 exactly in the last two minutes of just the first half. Okay. And if they not, at, they will. So I think they're at 72. I okay. think they're at 72 now. Um, when, when was this prediction made? Like three weeks ago. I mean, they, had oh. already, they were already well on the way. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a nice ringing double off the fence, but they were definitely well on the way. And uh, all right, Declan, you said, we'll start with the, the good news here. You said the Wild will remain in first place in the Central Division by next week's Write That Down. I honestly haven't looked at the standings, but they haven't lost since last week. So. They have the most seven, points in the Western like Conference. Seven right? points. Yeah. yeah, you're good. Uh, but you did say incorrectly that Jaden McDaniels will score in double digits between last week and this week's write that down. He only played in one game. Yeah, I really underestimated that flu bug there. I was on my bed. And then you said, we can take this one off the board. You said 2021 will be P.J. Flex last season as Gophers head coach. I w- he signed a long-term extension. I don't know. If there, if he gets hit I, by a bus or something, yeah. we'll revisit this. I feel like uh, <laughs> with all the, I mean, Miami paid like $9 million to buy out what's-his-name for Oregon and yeah, obviously Chris the Brian Ball. Kelly situation. Like, I think both, most of those big program buyout fish fries are, have already happened. So, yeah, I, I'm fine getting this off. <laughs> if he gets hit by a bus, we got to revisit that one. Declan, it's green now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh to PJ Fleck for 20 minutes. And, and, by the way, Declan gets another point for write that down. <laughs> So uh, this is actually wrong because Judd ha- Judd's batting three fifty one, but he's still behind Declan at three fifty seven. Oh boy! Oh, Macadax climbing back up. He's only thirty three points away at three twenty four. Listeners at two eighty two, and they have a league leading eight home runs. Judd with seven home runs, Declan with five, and I have four all time. Judd has one hundred ninety two career hits. I have one hundred fifty six. Listeners have one hundred twenty five. Declan has eighty two. Listeners have the most home runs all time at 17. So there you have it. That is the accountability session this week on Write That Down. Let's get Justin nice in here. Sure be nice to see my my stats right. That's all I got to say. 
Sure, be nice to see them reflected correctly there. I feel better about myself. Maybe, maybe what we can do is, if you don't catch Declan, then you can be the bookkeeper for write that down for the entire month of January and see how quick you tap out. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Uh, Justin, what's going on, man? Welcome to write that down. Not much, guys. How's it going? I'm calling from Brookings, South Dakota. Brookings, okay. South Dakota. That's the fir- uh, traveling to a high school baseball tournament. It's the first time I ever saw like 75 mile an hour speed limit signs when I was in high school. It's very exciting. Just yep. throttling in a 92 Camry through South Dakota. <laughs> Great. So, Justin, um, what's your strategy here? Are you are you looking to hit some bombs, raise the batting average? You know, what 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 kind of strategy are you bring to the table? I mean, I think they're doubles more like no bunts, though. We're already behind. Okay. And got to throw out a few Packers predictions because I'm a Packers fan. Oh, my God. Oh, you've infiltrated. Uh, how do we good. let this happen? Oh, no. All right. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. So we're going to start with Justin over to Judd, Declan, and then back to me, Phil. We'll make three trips around the room. Justin, lead us off. All right. Write this down. The South Dakota State Jackrabbits will win the FCS title. Okay. Like the whole thing, the whole thing. Didn't yep. they? They, the they be, didn't they already beat NDSU in the regular season? Yeah, and it's the quarterfinals right now. Oh, okay, I love the amount of SDSU Jackrabbit predictions you actually have had in the 2021 Write That Down season. We've had like at least a half dozen, I think, Jackrabbits predictions. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah. All right, Judd. All right, the first of my three wild themed predictions since they, they are in first place in the Central Division. Prediction number one, write this down. When Wild Coach Dean Evison's new contract is reported, because he, he's in the last year, so at some point here, he's going to get a new contract. It will be for four or more years. So, so when right. he gets a new, because it'll probably be reported, it might not be like on the record, Okay. So it's very important. When Dean Evison's new contract details are reported, Declan, uh-huh. it it will be for four or more years. Okay. We probably won't get money, but I'm almost positive we'll get years. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Interesting. Got it. Got it. I also have three wild predictions. I'll get you guys. I'll start with this one. The Wild play four games between now and next week's Write That Down. I made a similar prediction like this uh, a couple weeks back. The Wild will pick up at least five points between now and next week's Write That Down. I am just trying to maintain this batting average lead. There's four games. Dude, they've won every game for like yeah. three weeks. Yep, and there's a few weeks left in this Write That Down season. I got a Zolgad breathing down my neck. I got a Makadak who's now creeping up from the right lane. Yeah, All right, yeah. I, I, I'm I, trying to just maintain my batting average lead. So the Wild will pick up at least like five it. points between now and next week's Write That Down. I love what you're doing. I question the integrity of this. I oh, que- the integrity. I, I question your motives here. Oh, yeah, but if he's yeah. but if he's wrong, Ted he's Williams crash. didn't sit when he had a 400 batting average going into a doubleheader on the last game of the season. Manager, got, manager no, had his name out of the lineup. He said, "Put my name back in. I'm going to earn my 400 batting average." Mm. I'm fine with this. I'm absolutely fine with this. All right. Well, all right. Two can play that game. Okay. So two, oh wow. So two years ago, Jonathan Harrison came oh. from a hundred points behind in the month of December to win the batting title, and his strategy was college football bowl games. Now, the mistake that was made and, and, you know, we've learned from it is he asked if he could predict 
all 42 bowl games or whatever it was in one spreadsheet and just like have that be his predictions for the end of the year. And we said, whatever, dude, you're 100 points behind. You can do whatever you want. And we didn't. And he wasn't picking against the spread. He was picking straight up. And he, I think he hit like 60-some percent of those games, and it just rocketed him from two hundred, like a 215 average to 350. I can't do that because we've already outlawed that. But I've got three December college football game predictions to pay homage to Jonathan Harrison as I try to catch Declan at the top of the batting average standings. Starting with this one, write this down. Army will beat Navy on Saturday or whatever the hell day they play. Army will beat Navy in their upcoming matchup. Yes. Write it down. You like writing things down. That's right. Okay, Justin, back to you. All right, write this down. The Timberwolves will make the playoffs, but they will not make it to a seven-game series. So they'll make the play in the play-in. The play-in, okay. I'm fine with that, actually. Just just get to the play-in. Phil's going to be like, it was so emotional, that one game. It's going to be great. Just get smoked by 20 in the play-in and see what happens. I see these Damian Lillard rumors floating around that we'll talk about tomorrow. That's interesting. Write this down. Judd? Yeah. So while while Declan attempts to increase his lead and Phil does have, have to come from behind, my strategy is going to be to hold serve as much as possible and count on Declan to come down to me instead of going mm. up to catch him. Wow. That's okay. Those are fighting words. Mm-hmm. The Wilds Bill Guerin will be named NHL General Manager of the Year. An award that we won't find out till late spring early summer. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to to keep mm-hmm. my average at 351 sure. as much as possible. The Wilds Bill Guerin will be named NHL general manager of the year. Okay. I'm going like to put the, I'm going to put the career stats on the board here because down, Judd's like average is wrong. Down. All right, Declan. Uh I will say <laughs> I will say I'll, I'll put another thing off the board. Bill. Because uh, I can change it again. I'm gonna, I'm going to keep swinging for a fence or not swinging but swinging for You're- for next week. Try to raise his batting average even more. I will say Cam Talbot squaring is the correct word. Yeah, well, and this is not a butt single. This next, this is this is. I think it's a solid hit. It's not a Cam know. Talbot will skate we'll, we'll during skate during the wild practice. He will wear will his jersey. We'll begin with T by next week. <laughs> I will say Cam Talbot or Capo Cockin will post a shutout okay. between now and next week's. Write that down. Four games. Capo or Cam Talbot will post a shutout. Cam doesn't have a shutout yet this season. I believe Capo does not as well. But no, Cam, you're right. That's a swing. Cam Talbot or Capo Cockney will is, post a shutout between now and next week's right that Because down. it has – is that a home run? It's, 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 a, it's a good prediction. It's a good prediction. I don't know if it's a home run. I, I mean – I, spe- I think if I specified the goalie. Okay. Yes. Because I'm saying it's, it's going to be run. one of the two. Okay. And yeah, get, I don't it, think it's, it's a really good run, hit yeah. if it hits. The solid yep. double off the wall. It but could I, be a triple I, I, I don't think – yeah, it could be a triple. I'm fast. But um, I, I don't know if it's a home run. Uh, I like Write it. Write this down. I like it. All right, write this down. Going to continue on with the Jonathan Harrison Memorial. He's not dead, but the Jonathan Harrison Memorial predictions here. I haven't heard from him in a while. I could, I Toledo, oh, I Toledo will beat Middle Tennessee in the Bahamas Bowl. Toledo will beat Middle Tennessee in the Bahamas Bowl. Write it down. That's going to be a barn burner, by the way. All right, that Toledo that quarterback. Yeah. Those predictions really are exciting in this round. Um, I take a little nap. Write it down. You. you like writing things down. All right, Justin, back to you. 
All right, write this down. Aaron Rodgers will play in Green Bay for the 2022 season. Yeah, it kind of That's kind of feels like it's headed there. Like, why? Where, what? They're the best team in the NFL right now. I mean, they're one of the three best teams. Why? Why would he want to leave this current situation that's so fruitful on the field? Right? I don't know. Part of me thinks he he gets bored in Green Bay and almost likes having drama around him, so yeah. he can scroll through social media and stuff. <laughs> so, so he's basically like fifteen, yes, or sixteen. <laughs> he needs some more drama. So, life. Justin, how long have you been a Packers fan for? Uh, forever, really. Are you more of a Favre guy or a or a Rogers guy? Uh, definitely Rogers guy. I'm only 23, so I didn't okay. watch much Favre. Okay. Yeah. So, are you have you soured on Rogers over the last couple of years? Or are you still are you still good with him because he's awesome on the football field? I mean, yeah, I mostly care about them winning games, so I, I'm fine having him in Green Bay saying whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Just not Jordan Love playing quarterback for you. No, I'm not too excited about love. Well, Justin, you, you took some good swings here. Since you've got this platform on Mackie and Judd and the Score North YouTube channel, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that brought you to this pinnacle life moment? Uh, yes, I'd like to thank my girlfriend for supporting my sports addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh like to thank you guys for putting out a good podcast. I found you guys a couple summers ago looking for someone who talked about the Twins and been listening to most everything but the Vikings topics for a couple of years now. And uh, we haven't talked twins in like six <laughs> months now on the show, and you're still here with us. That's great. Yeah. Yep, T-Wolves and Wild now. So. Love that. Awesome, man. All right, Justin, thanks for coming on, dude. We'll do it again. Yep, thank you. All right, great stuff from Justin. Yeah, we we were even texting last night. I, honest to God, because Gleeman has a big piece in The Athletic today, basically saying, okay, the twins have – a lot of money to spend. They've mm-hmm. done nothing so far. Like most of the top pitchers are off the board. They don't have any starting pitchers. What are they doing is the premise. And I'm kind of the point now where it, if, if we don't, if we talk twins five times between now and next December, I'm fine with it. The sport is shut down too. Well, That's I mean, if, even if the I, sport comes back. Oh, like, see, I, if, if the sport was active now and they were passing on players and stuff, I'd, I I wouldn't want to talk about it a ton, but it would at least be a, a potentially engaging topic occasionally. But now who cares? The sport is it's locked up tight. No one can do a thing. So I don't care. I'm getting to the point where like, I always get excited for baseball season around the wintertime. But because the lockout is happening and all the flurry of moves that happened, basically none of them from the twins outside of Dylan Bundy. Um, I, I, I will be sad when it's opening day, typical time, March, April, and there's no baseball. I, I am, I am sad. I'm, I, I, I usually get things ramped back up and I am going to miss, I think that feeling. I'm going to miss that feeling. Give me a wild game that day, baby. Give me, too, me a man. wild game. Give me Approaching a playoff. Give me a Wolves playing game. Let's yep. do it. Yep. Keep our interest. That's all <laughs> I care about. Baseball can buzz off. I'm so tired of baseball. Write this down. Yeah. All right, that was a fun little side tangent. Back to Judd, your final your final prediction here. Okay, my final prediction. Write that down, the traditional version, keeping with my wild theme. Chuck Fletcher and Mike Yo both won't be back with the Flyers next season. Oh wow. So so I'm not I think they'll be off the record fired, but I don't want to say exactly what their demise will be. 
Sure. Uh, because that opens it up to interpretation of me being shot phrasing, down. Phrasing. So yeah. Chuck Fletcher and Mike Yo both won't be back, Declan, with the Flyers next season. What is that sad? Like when those two guys grab their boxes from their offices and mope out the door and go get that Yo beer to recap. Yo, Yo won't care. I mean, Chuck is, you know what? Um, I think the Flyers are going to fire Chuck quicker and, and have learned the lesson that it took the wild a long time, which is Chuck comes off like like he's good and he does some good things. But Bill Guerin is is giving us a tutorial right now in why Chuck Fletcher was not a good GM. Write and, it down, you're like things down. But that's our thing. We just sort of are, are like, well, yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not great, but he's good enough, right? Like that's our – that. Listen – you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Fergie? Dudley? That. This is about winning. God. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but right here. Could you see, you know, Chuck never would have done that in a million years. No, Chuck would have yeah. traded for Sean Bergenheim. And, that, that, was his, that was his splashy move. And by the way, look at the faces of the players behind Spurgee. It's this great almost... Oh my God! He said that look. Hell yeah! I love that look because that look is like I am bleeping serious. Yeah, get the hell out of here if you're not also anyway, serious. Love it. The Flyers will jettison Fletcher. Hard work and having fun. Write this down, Declan. All right, my final prediction: the Wild will win the Central Division. The Wild will win the Central. They're comfortably on top right now. Colorado still has some games in hand on them, so they can definitely still catch them. And Colorado is, I feel like, is a sleeping giant if their goaltending does get right. But I will just say right now, the Wild will win the Central Division. Write that down. Have they have they won a division before? Yes. They won the in North, uh, the, Northwest the Northwest in 07, 08. It's the only the well, banner. Yes, it's one of two banners currently up at XL right. Energy Center. Yeah, that was the, the banner hangs. It's yellowed. It's hilariously yellowed. <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah. That was the last Jacques Lemaire playoff season. Yeah. Yep. That's it, man. So they, they never won a, they never won the division. With Parisian suitor. Nope. Let alone conference finals and Stanley Cup. They never won a freaking division. Nay. Amazing. All right. Write this down. Write this down. Coastal Carolina will beat Northern Illinois in the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. <laughs> what is it? It's the. <laughs> when did this come to you to make this your strategy? T- As Declan when, was- I, when I hit like five correct predictions the last two weeks, and now I'm within 30 points, Jonathan Harrison is the closer. Jonathan Harrison is the Mariana Rivera. He, he is bad. the. He is the. I don't know. Oh my God. Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman of Write oh That my Down. God. Trevor College Hoffman. football bowl games will be my ticket he- to catching Declan. Jonathan Harrison was the 1919 Black Sox. And to see you go down the same gross, disgusting path makes me weep for write that down traditional version. Right, I'll repeat it just so, so Declan yes, can, want, you know, thank you. can write this down. Coastal Carolina mm-hmm. will beat Northern Illinois mm-hmm. in the all one word here, tail greeter. That's oh, tail greeter. T-A-I-L-G-R-E-E-T-E-R. Yep. Cure. C-U-R-E Bowl, the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. Don't ask me what that is. I have no idea. Not to be confused with the <laughs> Charcuterie Bowl, which comes that up the next great. night. The, the Did next you see night. there's a Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl this year? 
Is no, it Barstool that's Bowl awesome. Or is it Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, it's, it's literally fun. called the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. What is tail I just googled so, so tail greeter cure. Yeah, what is that? A digital marketer, digital marketer that aims to make tailgating more accessible to fans all over the world. You know, that's from the ESPN. You no, know next. But there, it's also. I think it also has to do with like. It's a, it's the, there's a, it's the cure. I think it's the cure bowl and tail greeter is the sponsor. Ah, so it might be like a, like a cure for cancer kind of a thing. I, I don't know, but I just know that coastal Carolina is going to be motivated to help me. That's win, awesome. that down. I yeah. want at us bank stadium next year, the Mackie and Judd bowl <laughs> or North bowl. <laughs> Who's going to play in the Mackie and Judd bowl. It'll be Benilde and Buffalo. Ooh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, that, off. Sounds fine. Benilde and Buffalo. Buffalo by I drove by Buffalo High School a couple days ago for the first time in a while and they they've built a new stadium new football stadium in the last ten years or so. They've built a new baseball stadium. All of them named after Mackie, by the way. The, I was gonna say the baseball uh, stadium Mac-a-dack should Field. be named after you. <laughs> it, it should. Philip Memorial. A ball bouncing off my head, uh, Jose Philip Canseco Memorial. style. He's not dead. He's gone. He's in Philip, Seattle. Bill Mackie Memorial <laughs> Stadium. But he's not dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. All right, there it is. Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session. Write the only show in America that has the guts to call ourselves out for incorrect predictions. Tomorrow, so Reckless Speculation Thursday is going to be a whopper tomorrow. There's a story about the Timberwolves and Damian Lillard on ESPN.com right now. And we, we're going to dive into this and figure out how realistic it is. So definitely listen to us tomorrow. And uh, Vikings Ventline right after... The uh, Steelers-Vikings are over on the Purple Daily channel. And uh, this whole thing has been powered in part by Federated Insurance, Federated Mutual Insurance Company, providing risk management resources and tools to business owners for over 100 years. You can find a full list of industries Federated protects on their website, federatedinsurance.com. And, uh, yeah, check them out, Federated, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, dudes, we'll see you guys tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. 
While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.